Dr. Jamie Moran was born in Connecticut. She got her undergraduate degree in biology from St. Lawrence University and her DVM from Cornell in 1980. She then became the resident veterinarian for a commercial dairy farm in Pennsylvania until she joined the Willow Creek Veterinary Center in Pennsylvania, where she still practices today. She transitioned to treating only small animals in 1996. She was certified by the Chi Institute in Acupuncture in 2018 and has studied herbal medicine and food therapy there as well. She did David Winston's two-year Western Herbal course and is now in his graduate program. Dr. Moran is a member of the Veterinary Botanical Medical Association and is the president-elect for 2021. Away from the office, she enjoys gardening, playing the violin, swimming, sewing, and knitting. Please enjoy this conversation as we talk about her education, practice life first as a resident herd veterinarian and now as the only integrated veterinarian in a small animal practice and her life outside the office. Dr. Moran, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. So where were you born? I was born in, um, I'm going to take this. Okay. I was born in Meriden, Connecticut. Um, and I lived there till I was in uh, high school. Then I moved to Long Island, uh, West Islip. And uh, I lived there. Well, that was where I, you know, I went to high school and everything. And uh, so, yeah. When did you decide you want to be a veterinarian? You know, I don't really know, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I wasn't one of those people that that was their whole like thing in life, that that was their end-all, be-all. But my first, my I, I remember trying to save a squirrel from a dog when I was five. It was, the, the dog had a, a squirrel in its mouth, and I tried to save it. And I still have a scar right here from, uh, it bit me. And I was like going, Mom! <laughs> So I don't know. And and then uh, and I used to that was on a dairy farm and I love cows. I've always loved cows. So um, but I, you know, I thought about I, I like the idea of being a veterinarian. I liked science and I liked medicine. And but I also loved other stuff, bugs. I love bugs. And, uh, you know, an alternative career would have my favorite thing in college was drawing bugs on the dissecting scope. Ah, you know, yeah. Drawing yeah. their wing patterns. I like to draw, you know, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could, if I didn't get into vet school, I probably would have gone and be an entomologist or an ornithologist or one of the, one of the other biology type folks, you know, so. So where did you do your undergrad? I went to St. Lawrence University. It's in uh, Canton, New York. It's yeah. up in the North country. Yeah. And it's a cool place. It's really cool. What'd you study? Biology mostly, you know, I did, I was a bio major and yeah, you know, I had a lot of fun. It was great. We spent a lot of time outside, did a, I did, I think the thing that impressed the vet school, you know, when, when we went to, for our interview, um, we had to, back then, you know, we, we had, a, we had to have an interview and everything. And um, so they just wanted to know about the cool stuff we did. So one, one um, winter, we did an outdoor, we, we made this house and lived outside and we wrote an outdoor cooking cookbook. And Howie Evans, I don't know if you don't know him, if you didn't go to Cornell maybe, but they were just super interested in all that kind of thing. I think they were bored with the, I worked on a farm, I milked cows, I mean, did that, all that stuff, you know, but anyway, it, so yeah, we had a lot of, did a lot of cool things and uh, so and then uh, I went to Cornell 
So after that, and um, I had a gap year, an unintentional gap year because I actually applied wrong. (laughs) You know, back then, like you had to, I don't know, I don't remember the application process, but you know, there wasn't a computer. You had to go and Mm -hmm. write to them. and, And so I sent the wrong stuff in and I actually took the wrong courses. So I had to take courses at Cornell after I graduated because I didn't take micro and biochem because I had enough, I had enough hours, mm-hmm. but I didn't have enough actual course. I didn't take the actual courses because yeah. I think I took Indian religion and other stuff, you know, I <laughs> and, and, you know, other fun stuff. And so, so then I went to, so I had a, a kind of a gap year. And then uh, I taught school in Ithaca and did other stuff. What, uh, when did you graduate from Cornell? 1980. All right. Um, I've been out a long time. How many women were in your class? Uh, you know, let me think a lot, a lot. Um, probably half. And how big was the class? Oh gosh. I don't even know. Golly. I don't know that sort of stuff. hundred and something maybe. Yeah. Did you enjoy Ithaca? I love Ithaca. Yeah. Our daughter went to school there too. So I've been going back and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I love Ithaca. Is that kind of, kind of cool to go, to be able to go back with her? Oh yeah. I love it. I absolutely love Ithaca. Ithaca is a great place. And she discovered some, like when I was there, I really worked really hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And studied a lot. And I mean, I did some, a lot of fun stuff too, but there were a lot of places. And of course, you're not there a lot of times in the summer. And so she was there over the summer some. So we just, she discovered some cool places that I hadn't gone. You know, there's a lot of gorges there. I like to swim, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, and uh, so I missed a bunch of places there. So, and, but we used to go cross country skiing and, uh, Ithaca's a wonderful place. I love it. it if, especially if you don't, I don't mind rain and, and, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't mind like not having sun. Yeah. People that go there that don't have, you know, some people go there and get depressed because it's not sunny enough. You know? Was that the only school on your radar? The only school you want uh, to go to? I think so. You know, it was so different then. I mean, I just, I help Lily, you know, with, with going to college and I mean, oh my God, it's just, I, you know, I went to undergrad, I went up, I did one visit. I go, yeah, this is good. (laughs) I didn't didn't like to, I didn't have a chart. They've got flow charts and all this stuff like, okay, well this, and the cooking's better. I didn't do that. It's like, yeah, it's pretty. I like it. It's little, it's this, you know, so no, I, I don't, I don't think, oh, well, I was a New York state resident then too, because yeah. I lived on Long Island. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I figured it's New York state. And it's, of course, it, you know, as a New York state resident, it was less money, yep. but I didn't even apply anywhere else, you know, what, where else would anybody want to go? Right. Sure. <laughs> no, sure. I'm kidding, I'm kidding <laughs> you know, but uh, Cornell's a great place. Yeah. Um, did you know what kind of medicine you wanted to practice when you got out? Yeah. Cows. Yeah. I wanted to do large animal medicine. Yep. That was my, you know, I like, I like everything, but I love cows. So, so my favorite animal. What did you do when you graduated then? So what I did was I went to, I took a job with a, um, there's a, there was a big dairy, dairy farm down in Collegeville, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, how I ended up there is a complicated story that you don't want to know. <laughs> but anyway, so I ended up there and I was the resident vet. I was the first resident vet for this place. So I lived in a house near the near the farm and um, it was a cool place. It was called Wallaby Farms. And um, so they had a Jersey herd and Holstein herd, about 200 head uh, of each of them. And then, of course, young stock and, you know, and um, so and they had uh, also had a greenhouse, which was super cool. Yeah, because I spent a lot of time in there and they had a dairy barn and then they had a carousel. uh they had a carousel milking parlor, like a really, which was really new. Yeah. And they had, a, they made ice cream. I mean, it was really like a, people used to go there and just like look at the cows and get ice cream and watch them milk. And so anyway, yeah. So I took care of all those guys. So I did all the herd health and, you know, somebody had a DA. I had, you know, there were kids that worked there. I mean, kids, I call them kids. They were like a couple years younger than me. You know, we were all kids. Right. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, they would help me and I would go up to, it was really good because if I wanted a cow, sometimes they would get me, they'd leave me a note like, you know, 210 is sick, you know, so I'd go up into the free stall, you know, the, and, and get 210, put a halter on her, bring her back down, you know, tie her up, work on her. Sometimes I did a lot of that by myself and I did a lot of breeding, you know, um, AI stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, they had investor cattle. That's why they did this. They had they had people that were doing embryo transfer work. Yeah, and I didn't do that part, but um, so much. They had somebody um, from New Bolton, uh, Jim Evans used to come up from New Bolton, and he would do that. But um, yeah, I took the right. and it was really fun. But it was a funny place. There was something kind of going on under the surface, you know, business wise, mm -hmm. and you know. So I, uh, it ended up being a big kind of scandal thing, but anyway, so I went to work from there. Um, I was at Cornell conference and I ran into one of the people that somebody that sort of trained me, you know, he used to do the herd checks and everything there. So, uh, Dwayne Kennedy and what, um, he used, so he used to follow me around and, or I'd follow him or whatever till they made sure I knew what I was doing. And then he let go of the reins and I just took over but um we used to get you know, things from them supplies and everything i used to buy drugs from them and uh but i did all the micro on the i did all the milk cultures and stuff and had a yeah. little incubator and yeah it was pretty fun i was my own i was a one-man band you know yeah and uh you know i had my minions <laughs> go get 212 you know well sometimes they'd help me sometimes they wouldn't it would depend but but, you know, I think every veterinarian ought to do that because if you don't know how to go get a cow, put a halter on a cow, make her go where you want, tie her up, work on her by yourself, you're really kind of half a vet, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But anyway, um, we learned a different way back then, you know, it was, sure. we were so much more independent, you know. But anyway, um, so then uh, when things started getting wonky, I asked them if they had, a, you know, if they needed another vet up at the place where I was, which was about an hour away in Reading, which is Willow Creek. Um, and they did. So I went there and um, I actually still work there. I took uh, I had two years that I was in Massachusetts with my friend, did a large animal practice there uh, right by the shore. And it was really nice. 
and uh, I lived right near the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I, I always say I never would have moved except for the ocean there is cold, ah. really cold, you yeah. know, so you just can't go in every day. You know, I would never move away from a place I could swim every day, you know, yeah. I mean, unless it was terrible circumstances, but <laughs> who would move away from the ocean anyway? Yeah. Um, so I moved back to Pennsylvania and, uh, and so I've worked there, you know, there ever since really most, you know, in the beginning it, I did almost entirely large animal. Mm-hmm. And then I did like, I always did some small animal. I always did some small animal surgery. And then, uh, I had a, I had our, our daughter in, um, 96. So I was about six months pregnant. My boss said, well, you know, maybe you better like go in, just do small animal. Cause I was just going to do it till I popped, you know, I, that yeah. was my plan, Yeah, you know, but, um, anyway, so then I wound up in doing just small animal. And I think that's the reason that I started like becoming very disenamored <laughs> with regular medicine because, mm-hmm. you know, I was just, Maybe, maybe it was that, I don't know, but, um, and I'd always wanted to learn acupuncture Yeah. and, but, you know, I was kind of chicken, you know, I, I didn't ask for what I wanted and what really made me change what I was doing was when I gave a, I did this, um, like a little seminar, a little class for my, uh, daughter's kid, you know, for their class in, um, middle school, they had these after school clubs. So yeah. I had this club called the Friendship Club, and it was about how to be a friend because I, I was a Girl Scout leader, and I heard these kids, and they would be having conversations in the back of the car, and there were some kids that you just knew they just couldn't navigate friendships very well. And and so I, I just remember one day they were going along. It was like it was kind of you're watching a train wreck, you, you know, and I'm thinking it's good. It's good. It's good. Ah, train wreck. And I thought they just don't know how to do this. So they don't know how to ask for what they want. They don't know how to use I, I language. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I, you hurt, you know, I, anyway, it's all you. And so anyway, um, I was doing this class and I, I thought, well, you know, Jamie, you want to ask for something and you're not doing it. And I thought, well, you got to walk to walk, talk to talk. Right. Yeah. So I said to my boss, I'd really like to take Dr. Shea's acupuncture course. And she said, okay, sure. And I thought, oh my God, why did I like wait all these years? So my advice to people is if you want to do something, just do it, do it, do that Nike thing. Yeah. Just do it. Don't wait for somebody else to give you a written invitation because they would never will. Yeah. You got to do, you got to make your own stuff. It's a hard lesson to learn. At like 40 something, you know, that's when I, you know, I was, I don't know, what am I now, you know? So, but anyway, so that was 2018. I did Dr. Shea's class. And uh, I always say it's like, it was like opening Pandora's box. Yeah. Cool stuff. Cause I'm sitting next to people and they go, oh yeah, we use Tramiel and we do the homotox. And I'm thinking, what? Are you talking about, you know, I knew a little bit about homeopathy, but not really very much at all. Yeah. And we had a few ITM herbs in the clinic because one of the other vets who had been at at the hospital had used some of those things. He had taken a couple little classes here and there. And, you know, uh, the one dog I saved with Lyme nephritis was my dog. Ah. And 
but I didn't know what I was doing. Bill did, I, I think now he, I think he did Moxa at Bladder 23 and maybe another point. Uh-huh. And then I called Alan Schoen's practice and I yeah. said, help. And he wasn't there. Somebody else was there. I said, what do I do? What do I do with my dog? You know, and he said, well, give him lead him, get him a Lyme nosode. Um, what else did he say? Um, so the dog, I mean, she was going to, you know, she was looking, she was circling the drain, as they say. And she lived to be 15. Um, wow. But you know what? She was on amoxicillin her whole life. I never took her off because I didn't know anything else. You know, Meryl, yeah. Meryl, I would talk to Meryl Littman at Penn, uh, you know, about Lyme nephritis. And she said, I don't know whether you should take her off. I mean, because back then we didn't use Doxy. Yeah. We used amoxicillin. And yeah. I know Cindy probably uses something entirely else because she's a genius. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, I still use a lot of this stuff because I don't know really what else to use that I can count on. Right. But um, anyway, so, yeah, that was kind of, you know, that was long before I started doing anything. So there were a lot of things I'd kind of seen a glimmer of, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know about them, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. So got me started. Then do you, do you, uh did herbs through the G Institute then? I did. I did some, but then I got to know. Um, so one of my, um, one of the teachers there who I fell in love with is Connie. Yeah. Allie. She's my love her. And uh, so she used to help me with cases, you know, um, ama- she's amazing. So a lot of the things she told me, it's just like you open one door and then you open another door. So I would use some of the herbs that she would use mm-hmm. from ITM. And then, of course, then, you know, little by little, you introduced other people and, you know, dove into the Steve Marsden pond, right? You know, uh-huh. and, and those and, and that, that whole um, Nate Heilman, who I just, you know, those guys are, I love them. Yeah. Right? I took some classes up in Vermont at a time to heal. Yeah. I love them. They're just like amazing folks. So, yeah, so I did some herbology at, at there, but you know, now I'm taking David Winston. I don't. Do you want me to jump ahead to what I'm doing now? Sure. Or, yeah. yeah. So I'm taking David Winston's. I did David Winston's two year course, and now I'm in his graduate program, mm-hmm. and I'm learning this thing called triunes. Um, have you know what they are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, so as David says, uh. You don't learn your herbs till you do stuff like that. I mean, you just now I now I look at a, a label of an herb formula and I go, okay, I see why that's there. I see why that's there. Better than I used to. I'm still like, you know, it, it's a process. But now I have much more of a sense of why you would give somebody something and why somebody puts something in or why uh, it, it's there. But because I every Every now I'm in the grad program, we have a case. So it's a person with prop, you know, with all kinds of issues. And I haven't done it really too much for pets, but I, I want to do that. But I know how long it takes me to do it for a person. And it probably wouldn't take me as long for a dog or a cat, I don't think. But yeah. I want to dive into that because as David says, it's like, you know, a tailored suit of clothes, herbal clothes, you know, because 
you look at all the different things and you look right. But it takes a long time. And so I go through my Materia Medica books and read and, and then I dive in, you know, I always like think, oh yeah, that's cool. So I'm, and it's, it's not even an herb I know I'm going to use, but I just kind of like read about it. So you know how it is. Yeah. I travel down the, the pathways and get back to work. You can't, you're not going to use Hoshu Wu for this guy or anybody. So keep going. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so what's your day-to-day practice look like now? What are you doing? Well, um, so it's, I still, so what I, I work in a practice with five other vets and I, so my schedule is like a mixture of uh, holistic appointments and kind of quote unquote conventional appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, whatever I see, I try it, it, The time is time is always tough because I don't have a lot of time always. So what I try to do, somebody comes in with a problem that, I could find it kind of a simple or not too complicated herbal solution for, or I, you know, I, so I always offer people herbs mm-hmm. and, and I don't have a lot, so I don't have a lot of time to do acupuncture on everybody that comes in. I mean, yeah. just, cause till I figure out what's going on and, you know, back when we were in the office, while somebody was waiting for their blood work, I'd say, you know, let me just throw a few needles in your dog. Okay. Yeah. Um, but now, because I don't have a person in there. A lot of times the dog's by themselves or whatever. I, and I, we just, you know, the flow is, it's really difficult. So anyway, um, but then I have people that come in just for acupuncture, come in for holistic consults about problems or second opinions on different things. So I have a blend. It's, it's challenging though. You know, I, I think I understand why people just go, okay, opening, I'm doing holistic medicine. That's it. I'm not going to do both. It's yeah, hard to yeah. do both. I think. Yeah. Is there somebody else in the practice that does holistic medicine or just you? No, it's just me. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part. I don't have, you know, when, I, when we, if I have a problem with something, can always bounce it off another person and say, Hey, do you think, what do you think? Would you use, you know, what would you use here? Shao Yao or would you use Bupleurum 12 or which one would you use? Do you think this would be, and there's nobody I can ask anything like that about. Um, of course, you you know, there's always a wonderful VBMA lip serve. Yeah. And, and there's all, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of avenues or places that you can go to find things out. Um, but they're, they're a little bit, for me, a little bit more tedious because it involves me typing and computering and that kind of stuff. So. But I have my books and I look things up and yeah. So yeah, but it's just a little bit more. Um, but, but surprisingly to me, there's been less, I, I, I would have thought that more of my colleagues would have, would have um, wanted to know more. Yeah. That's kind of disappointing. Yeah. So we, we should talk about VBMA because your presidency, I don't know when your term starts, but you're going to be president. June, I am. <laughs> so next month. Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. Yeah. So you're looking forward to that, are you? Well, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm there to serve. I'm not like, it's not something I like signed up for exactly. I kind of fell into it, shall we say. And uh, so... Um, I just want to make sure I do a good job and help 
people with what they need to do. Um, I'm a little nervous about any kind of technological interplay, but Beth Lambert promised me, she said she promised me she would help me because I, you know, I just not my thing, you know, I'm really good with a lot of stuff. I can garden, I can play the violin, I can paint, I can draw, I can sew, I can knit, I can do a lot of things. <laughs> but when it comes, you know, that's a problem, you know, you just, there's not enough hours in the day. So it's going to be taking care of my flowers or my herbs anyway. But yeah, I am looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. I mean, the people, the, the most fun about it is that there's so many great people. There's so many great herbalists and Oh my God. And they're all there to help. They're so wonderful. And yeah, I'm in awe of them. It's a really good group, right? People like you, you know, you, uh. you, there's so many, what I always tell my conventional friends is I said, you know what? I don't know anybody that could fix this dog or could help this dog on a path to healing, except for the people I know that do holistic medicine. You know, they're yeah. like, to me, you know, I know that because I've been practicing for 40 years. I know like this dog would be dead. If you now give it to Cindy Lankanow, it might live or Connie or you, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Right. So anyway, but VBMA is super cool. We have so many things. We just haven't, we have a new website, which I had trouble logging on to. <laughs> so, so, so our, 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 uh, administrator is going to like log me into it and get me set up. Cause, oh, anyway, I try. So, um, so but you, haven't, you haven't been on yet. No, no, I, I, because I, I had trouble getting in there, but yeah. you know, so it's, no, it just happened. It's not like, it's not months old, you know? Yeah. So no, I've been on the, the other one, but, um, but anyway, they've made it a better website. It's more streamlined. You can move around better and it'll be better for people, you know, like me who are not like, don't know how to do all the little things, but it'll be great anyway. So you can search the lifts, the listserv, which is really cool. I just did that mm-hmm. the other day for a dog with breast cancer. So I just looked up and you can go back in the archives and find stuff. And then we have a herbal WikiLeaks, which is, you know, going to be adding more things. And we're going to be, so we, we have been going for the last, let me think how many years now, three or four we've been at the IHS, which is the Mm -hmm. International Herbal Symposium, which I went to long before as a regular herbalist, because I have a lot of friends who a lot of my herbal things are not related to animal, you know, I've been, uh, you know, just with, with, with regular herbalists, you know, people herbalists, as opposed to veterinary herbalists. But anyway, but the IHS is, I'm I'm a little sad that it's going to be virtual because it is my Mm -hmm. total favorite thing in the entire world to go to IHS and um, it's in Wheaton mass, but it's going to be virtual June. I wrote the date down so I could, I could plug it the 10th to the 13th. And, um, and it's going to be, so the IH, uh, the BBMA has a whole vet track Mm -hmm. and it's going to be, I can even tell you what's going to be. Um, Alexia Securis is going to do um, a talk on alpacas and also about grief. Mm-hmm. Um, Cindy's going to be doing um, uh, what, like the relationship between FIP and COVID, you know, kind of what we can learn about FIP from COVID, which is super cool, of course, mm-hmm. yeah. and also about metabolic syndrome in the liver. 
Um, Connie Di Natale is going to be doing um, three blocks on food therapy and um, and uh, Gary Richter is going to be doing, let me think, one, two, he's going to be doing like five blocks, six, he's going to be doing the lion's share, like seven blocks of talks, um, one on, um, mostly on cannabis, but some herb drug interactions, and also he's going to be doing medicinal mushrooms. So that, and then of course, you know, everything else you want to learn about in her is is going to be you know there'll be a lot of other great speakers but that's the vet trek i mean you know it's i always go i always get the recordings and i listen to them in my car you know i've learned so much i learned about you know from the uh you know the medical herbalist human medical herbalists you know you learn so much about learned how to, i made hops tincture from a talk i listened to years ago um and, uh, you know, so there's a lot of interesting things. So I hope everybody does that. Joins the VBMA because it's like 80, I think we went up to the, a big $85, Yeah. you know, you know, two people at a pretty decent restaurant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll vouch for that new website because I've been on it, I think yeah. last, last week and it looks great. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. We have a lot of great, great people. You bet. Well, yep. Jamie, th- th- I think this is a good place to stop. So, you know, thanks so much for your time. Yep. It was great yep. hearing your story. It's, and certainly thanks for plugging the VVMA. And, and oh, yeah. And, and thank you. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for putting up with my <laughs> the slow beginnings, but this is good. This is good. You take care. All right. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Bye-bye. Enjoy the day. Bye. Bye. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies. ZIVT provides world-leading education in natural medicine, including three accredited postgraduate qualifications, industry-recognized certifications, and a wide range of evidence-based courses and webinars delivered by qualified and experienced practitioners. By bridging cutting-edge science and tradition, CIVT helps you to expand your treatment options to tackle your most challenging cases. And whether you're a veterinarian, veterinary technician or nurse, animal health professional, or someone who wants to learn more, they have the right course for you. Investigate their offerings at civtedu.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take the time to tell a friend and to give us a favorable rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for your support. We'll see you next time.